Hi everyone, I hope this finds us all doing really well. I wanted to allow part one and part two of the marriage covenant just to sit and to allow it to percolate before I enter into part three. And part three is going to have an A and a B. And we're going to look at this word covenant. And it's just exactly what a covenant is. What is it that we have entered into with God? Because it's not a contract, it's greater than commitment. It's a covenantal relationship. And it's important to note that the biblical pattern for relationship is this covenant. And so if we are unfamiliar, unknown with the terms of the covenant, the conditions of the covenant, then there's a really good chance without even knowing it that we are breaking covenant. We know Jesus Christ will never break covenant with us and he hopes his love and the revelation of, of his love within us would draw us into being obedient to the covenant that we are in fact in. So as I've said, the biblical pattern for relationship is covenant. So this is part three, but we're going to break part three up into two parts. It's really important to realize that the covenant has a vertical element to it and a horizontal element to it. And we know this in the cross. The cross is both vertical and horizontal. But the reality is there is a divine order to those things. Without the vertical, there is no horizontal. And the life that comes to be able to fulfill the horizontal covenant must come from the vertical covenant. If we don't have the vertical covenant down and understanding and revealed within us, then we won't be able to keep the horizontal covenant with one another. And this is probably a lot bigger than what we think. And we might say, yeah, I understand that I've got the vertical down and I'm trying to live the horizontal. But all life will come from the vertical covenant, the vertical element of the cross. And if I can do this with my fingers, if I drop that uh, vertical away, then the horizontal falls to the floor. And the horizontal is lying on the floor, which is earth. And we're trying to keep this a horizontal covenant from the empowerment of earth which is impossible because the empowerment comes from the vertical covenant that we have with Jesus Christ and it's essential that we understand this whole reality of covenant with Jesus because we have entered into a covenant the day we received him as our Lord and Savior we haven't entered into a contract or a written or verbal agreement we have entered into a covenant, and not any kind of covenant, but a covenant that was sealed in Christ's blood. And I want to read Hebrews 9, 15 to 18. For this reason, he, Jesus, is the mediator of a new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions, that we were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. For it is a never in force while one who made it lives. And this is why Christ had to die for the fulfillment of us to realize this reality of covenant to take place. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be death. 
of the one who made it. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. Hebrews 7.22 So much the more also Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Hebrews 8.6 But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, referring to Christ, by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. The covenant Jesus has established comes with a number of conditions, like I've said. There are conditions based on keeping the covenant. And we need to understand what these conditions are, these terms of conditions, these guidelines. Otherwise, as I've said, without realizing it, we're probably breaking the conditions, which means we are breaking covenant. And Jesus or God made covenant with the Israelites, but they broke this covenant with him. And it says this in Hebrews 8, verses 8 to 9. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant. It's God's covenant that he's making. And I did not care for them, says the Lord. You see, this becomes extremely important to us and essential when we're viewing the breaking of the covenant through the lens of marriage. When you understand that the covenant that you're in is a marriage covenant and it's essential you keep these conditions of this covenant, otherwise you're breaking it, it brings the scriptures to life and to light where Jesus says things like, unless or if you love another more than me, you're not worthy of something. You're breaking a condition of the covenant. So I want to give us some comparisons between a contract and a covenant. So we get to see the seriousness of this eternal relationship that we have been called into with Christ. In the world, we make contracts, we sign agreements, but with God, it's a covenant and they're very different. And so in a contract, the contract is legally binding and enforceable. In a covenant, it goes beyond that. It's extra legal. It's another dimension. In a contract, there's an agreement between parties. In a covenant, there's a pledge and a promise that's been made. In a contract, we sign a contract. In a covenant, it's sealed. And like I said, this covenant's been sealed with blood. A contract can be broken or terminated. A covenant is an enduring promise or vow. Under a contract, it's a mutually benefiting two parties. In the covenant, the vow of the one who has made the covenant fulfills the covenant. And we see this in the life of Christ. And so he's fulfilled the covenant that we are to be living in and living from. Under the contract, there's an exchange of something. Under the covenant, there's the giving of oneself. Under the contract, we're dependent on everyone's part. In the covenant, it's a strength to hold up 
one's promise. In the contract, there's limited responsibilities. Under the covenant, it's full accountability, full responsibility for the consequences of our actions and how we live. Under the contract, the party's rights entitlements. Under a covenant, there are no rights. One is freed from a contract when one party is not fulfilling their part in the deal. Under a, co uh, a covenant, the party not getting their needs met supports the failing party so that they can meet their obligations. And that's what Christ has done for us. He helps us meet these conditions of this covenant. And so this is part one of part three. And next week we're going to look at the covenant that Samuel and Jonathan had. Sorry, um, that David and Jonathan had out of Samuel. And so I pray this encourages you. I pray it gives you greater insight into what a covenant actually is. Not a contract, but a covenant that Jesus has made. Because there are also better promises that are associated with this covenant. So marinate yourself in this go back and have a listen to part one and part two and we'll see you for the second part of part three really soon